Now we're good. Hello, world, and welcome to the Ignited Fortitude podcast. This is episode 61. It's a bonus episode, um, but uh, it is an episode nonetheless, and it's on the topic of domestic violence being uh, Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Um, we have somebody in our local community who runs an organization to help victims um, that have found themselves in a domestic violence situation. And so we're pleased to welcome Michelle Rutherford with yeah. us Hi. and to, to, to talk a little bit of what they do here locally. They're having a grand reopening of Lori's place. And so we're going to talk a lot of, uh, talk a little bit about her, um, her organization and also talk about some things to just be aware of, of what domestic violence is. Cause, um, before we were recording, we were talking about domestic violence isn't always necessarily showing bruises and correct. And it's the, not always physical and not always physical. So, um, what is Lori's Place? Okay. So Lori's Place, um, my mom is Lori. She is the founder. She was the first uh, sexual assault nurse examiner, certified forensic nurse examiner in Cochise County. She worked at the hospital for just about 40 years, and she worked in the ER quite a bit. And anytime they had a rape or sexual assault or child abuse case come in, the nurse would go into the exam room in the ER and she was, once she entered that room, if there was evidence to collect, she could not leave that room because then you would break the chain of custody for uh, evidence. So you've now got a little stress on the rest of the hospital staff there. But then as far as any of the, um, the nurses weren't really trained. They opened up the package of how to collect the evidence and they'd read the instructions. So it's kind of like, having a nurse reading how to treat a heart attack wow. while taking care of a heart attack patient. You know, it doesn't work. I was a nurse for 15 years. It doesn't work. Um, plus you have the uncomfortable surroundings of the emergency room. Nobody ever wants to be there. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just the follow-up. It was hit and miss on if there was any follow-up um, care, if there was any therapy provided, anything like that. And so my mom got to thinking, you know, there's got to be a better place to treat these people. There's got to be a better way to do this. So she went to a couple of um, advocacy centers, um, in like I think in Pima County and one of the other counties up there and checked them out and fell in love. And it took, I think, almost 15 years of her working and trying to get this put together before she almost gave up. And my dad came home and said, I found a building. And so we, um, she said, we're building for what? And he goes for the advocacy center. And she's like, you're kidding me, right? So they gutted this building. This was in 2015. They gutted the building. Um, my dad was former law enforcement and he also has a construction company. So he designed the building and as far as security, safety, all of that stuff. Um, and they, a year later, they had their grand opening in 2016. Lori's Place, we have on staff victim advocates, um, which are there from the minute you call until the minute you say, you know what, I think I'm good. I think, I think I'm ready to move on with life now. Yeah. Um, we have a forensic interviewer. She uh, does the interviews on anybody under the age of 18 that is verbal. So around two years old and up. And then for like not, or for vulnerable adults um, and some other adults that are, you know, have problems communicating, she'll do interviews with them. Mm -hmm. um, we have a forensic nurse examiner. So that comes in if it's a rape or something that we need to collect evidence. She's trained 
on how to do that. So she's not reading the instructions right there. Um, and then we have a trauma therapist. She's working on her doctorates right now. Um, and she does any trauma therapy, counseling, um, basically to make sure that people are getting through and, and actually dealing with what happened. Um, we also have a room, an interview room that's set up with cameras and everything. So if the sheriff's department, police department need to come in, they, um, if they want to watch the interview that the forensic interviewer is doing, if it's, you know, a child, they can sit in her office. It's all televised to that office. And that way there aren't 40 people around this small sure, kid because sure. um, it's intimidating. So um, we are kind of the one-stop shop. Um, it limits the amount of times that somebody has to share their story, which is traumatic. Mm-hmm. Um, before anybody under the age of 18 would have to go to Tucson. Um, and some of the elder uh, community would have to go to Tucson. And so they were just constantly having to repeat over and over and over again what happened to them. And that's why we're there, so that we can make sure that, you know, they're limited on how many times they have to share their story. We're there to support them. They've got that victim advocate that is by their side. They can help them file legal paperwork, go to court with them, that's there to answer the phone if they're having a rough day. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's what we do. And we do that with domestic violence. We do that with abuse, child abuse, neglect, assault, sexual assault, human trafficking, We've done suicide and homicide death notifications with the police department. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a rough job that those girls have, but let me tell you, each and every one of them put their heart and soul into what they do. Wow. So um, how do people get in contact? So is it is it a, a place where if somebody's going through it, they need to be able to find you, or does law enforcement help out? Like, how, what's the situation with that? Um, it's, I mean, different ways. If we've got somebody that's in a domestic violence situation and they need help, they just need to call us. Mm-hmm. If it's a neighbor of somebody and they know that they're, or they, they even think that the kid next door is being abused, they can call us anonymously and report it. We'll keep their name out of it. We have to report it. We're mm-hmm. mandatory reporters. Uh, law enforcement does bring some of the cases to us, a lot of them. DCS will bring cases to us. Um, but we have a 24-hour crisis line. There's always somebody on the other end of that phone. And, you know, when that phone rings, we're there, and we go from there. Wow. So what, what sets you, like, your organization apart from, let's say, the Forgash House or some some kind of... We work really closely with the Forgash House and all of the other agencies locally. Um, the Forgash House is more of a shelter. Mm-hmm. We are not a shelter. Um, we basically, they come to us for the medical exam, for the forensic interview, um, for follow-up care. Uh, we do have a small food pantry that we're able to help, you know, if they're needing some assistance there. And then the resources we have. I mean, if they are in a situation where they need to get out right away mm-hmm. and they have no place to go, but they're if they go home, it's violent and yeah. it's going to be dangerous, we have resources to where we can either get them a hotel room for the night and until we can set something up that's more permanent. Yeah. Um, so we're there for the, for the uh, immediate assistance and then for the therapy afterwards to help them work through it until, like I said, until they're ready to, you know, 
we're good. I'm good. I don't think I need your services anymore. And if they get down the road and they hit a bump in the road and they call us and say, you know what? I think I quit too early. I think I still need some therapy or I think I still need to have that victim advocate for that peer to peer support. Mm -hmm. We're there. You know, one of the things that you had mentioned before we started recording that uh, you were at a, Mm -hmm. at a, like what, a luncheon with, with the, Police officers saying that out of the 83 cases. Oh, yes. So the quarterly law enforcement luncheon we spoke at. And um, our county attorney mentioned at that meeting, actually he announced at that meeting, which we did not know, we had 83 cases last year in uh, Cochise County alone Mm -hmm. that involved children. All 83 of them were prosecuted and convicted. And he gave kudos to Lori's place for that. So, because nobody fell through the cracks that way and everything was done properly. So 100% success rate. So that way those victims felt safe knowing that they were taken care of. Yeah. Weren't dismissed, right? Because that's, I think that's. Yeah. We listen. (laughs) We listen there. Do you think that's a lot of uh, the reason why people don't want to get the help because they're afraid that they're going to get stuck. They're going to try to pursue something and then they're going to hit that roadblock. And then there's multiple reasons. I think that's one of them. I think, um, sometimes it's fear that if they leave that abusive situation, how are they going to survive? I mean, I've been there before I was in a relationship that, um, God, within a matter of no time, he had me convinced that if I was not with him, I would not be able to survive in life. Mm -hmm. And I believe that, you know? Um, so I think some of it is that it's, it's fear, it's fear of the unknown. Um, I think some of it is afraid that nobody's going to listen to them, that somebody's going to hear their story and go, eh, you know, I don't, I don't really believe them. Now we are a non-judgmental, um, safe, friendly environment. We are there for, you know, for our clients Mm -hmm. And we're there to help. We're not there to judge. We are not there to, you know, tell you, oh, I don't believe you or anything like that. Well, that will never happen. Sure. So. And is your center only for females? No. We see men. Our very first client was a man. Really? So, yep. We have men, uh, people that are men, women, children, adults. Um, like I said, anywhere. I mean, we've had babies, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, but anywhere from birth until death, uh, does not matter. We see wow. everybody. Mm-hmm. So what is the reason that you guys are doing a grand reopening? Um, a couple of reasons we, um, when COVID hit, uh, you know, fundraising and everything obviously went way downhill. Donations went way downhill because everybody was, you know, worried about what was going to happen with COVID. Sure. And, um, we've got a whole new staff now. So we've kind of got a different, it's a different feel, a different environment there. Um, and so I was speaking with a gentleman that works with us while well, he ran the small business development center at our college, Cochise college. And he said, you know, consider rebranding, you know, have you ever seen bar rescue? And I said, yeah. And he goes, consider rebranding. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, cool. We can do that. So, um, I got to talking to our board of directors and everybody agreed, you know, let's, let's do this. Let's, we're, we're a new staff. We're a new place. Let's just go ahead and rebrand. And we're looking at actually reaching out to the college, uh, seeing if we can do maybe an externship or an internship with their nursing or mental health program there. Um, and then corporate sponsors we're working on. So just to try and get, um, get it out there again on who we are, what we do to get it out to the community. 
um, and see if we can get that interest going again and, and basically educate people on why we're here. Um, we do cover Graham, Cochise, and Greenlee counties. So basically from southeast of Tucson to New Mexico, we're it. Wow. Mm-hmm. So is most of your funding from donations, from donors? Um, believe it or not, we get, okay, so we get our funding is from grants, mm-hmm. which to fill out the paperwork for a grant, you have to fall into a certain category for that grant. Grants cannot just be handed out to whoever. And then grants are usually focused towards you're going to get this money and you're going to spend it on what? You know, it's, is it going to go towards security system? Is it going to go towards... Um, you know, just different things. You have to be very specific. Um, so those, we do get grant money, um, but it's the operational costs and that stuff. We don't bill anybody. We don't charge for any of our services. We do not bill insurance. Um, you know, we get a little bit of reimbursement from the county um, for our supplies and stuff for the, the exam kits and everything. Um, but Otherwise, we don't bill for anything. So it's donations, it's fundraising. That's where a large portion of our money comes from. And then corporate sponsorship. Wow. Mm-hmm. And so that's to obviously pay for the staff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, some, of, some of the staff, not all of them, are victim advocates um, and our trauma therapists. Those are covered through VOCA, which is the victim... Um, I can't remember what it stands for completely, but it, it basically is for the victims. It's the crime awareness act and they cover the payment for their certain staff members, um, you know, paychecks and everything, Mm -hmm. but it's the operational costs. It's paying the bills. It's the building cost. It is the electric, it's the gas, it's our internet, our security, you know, systems and all of that just to keep us open Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it, ta- it takes money and well, and to help the, the family, like you said, you know, if you need to put somebody in a hotel or if you right. need to put longer care, like they're going to need, they're going to need those things. And that's going to come, you know, where does that, where does that money exactly, come from? Where does it, mm-hmm. where's that going to come from? So donations are huge and we do get a lot of clothing donations, um, which we are always grateful for because somebody comes oh. in that we have to take their clothing because it's evidence we don't want to send them home in hospital scrubs, sure. which is what you get at the ER. You get some reused hospital scrubs. Here we've got people that donate leggings and, and brand new tags still on leggings, socks, underwear, bras, boxer shorts, T-shirts, sweatpants, flip-flops, so that we can send them home in something comfortable. Um, even toiletry items, because we do have a shower there, um, so that after an exam is done, a victim can shower. That's what they want to do. <laughs> You know, so they can shower and they can get comfortable and put comfortable new clothes on. Um, any of the lightly used items we get, we actually have um, a couple of different ways that we use that. If somebody is leaving a situation and they're leaving with nothing, mm-hmm. we have household items, we have clothing, we have toys, books, um, you know, clothing for all ages, all, you know, men, women, children. Um, and so they can go through that and pick what they need just to at least have something to get started. Um, any of our, if we have a whole lot, we'll have either our community yard sale or we have, um, at the end of the year, we have a community giveaway, which is just like a yard sale, except we don't charge anything. Hmm. People can just come and take what they need. So if somebody wants to donate 
can they just run that by to your property? Do they got to get a hold of somebody or? Yes. If it's, if it is, um, for clothing donations or household items, anything physical like that, they can just give us a call. Our number is 520-515-4444. Give us a call. Otherwise we're open from 830 to five Monday through Thursday and 830 to noon on Fridays. Um, they can drop it by there at any time during those hours. They can get us on our Facebook page, which is, uh, facebook.com forward slash Lori's place AZ two zero two two. Um, or they can contact us through, uh, email or through our website and that's admin at Lori's place org, or our website is Lori's place org, And we're actually getting ready to have our new website come up hopefully in the next two weeks. Okay. Um, it's, we're completely redoing our website. So I'll, uh, I'll go ahead and link all that stuff too on, Absolutely. The, on the show notes. So that way when, um, if anybody does want to, uh, get in contact with you guys or donate or anything mm-hmm. that wants more information, I'll make sure that we link all that stuff. Fantastic. For you guys. And on the new website, we've got, um, well, we will have, we've got a donate button on there if they want to do a monetary oh, donation. The other thing that we've got that's going to be linked to our website is our Harness Giving. Um, it's an organization or business that does, that's what they do is donations. And there's different ways that they can donate. So if you're paying for something with your credit card or your bank card, and you want to just round up to the next dollar, that difference in change from your purchase to the next dollar would be donated to Lori's place. Oh, wow, that's cool. And that adds up over time. So, and you can set there. It's really cool because if you can only afford $30 a month, you can set that cap at $30 a month, you know, so you can set what your limit is each month to donate to us. Oh, that's pretty cool. So, yeah. So just, um, that will be on our new website. I think the harness, actually the harness giving is on our current website as well. So it's just, there's a donate button. It'll take them over to another site where they can set that all up. Oh, wow. That's great. Mm -hmm. Uh, You were also talking about another event that's going on. Is it this week that faith in blue faith in blue? Yes. So, um, (laughs) We were speaking about our grand reopening and one of the local uh, service police department officers that we work with, uh, Scott Bordstad, overheard it. And he said, you know, Faith and Blue Weekend and Domestic Violence Awareness is all coming up. How do you guys feel about hosting that? We said, all right, yeah, let's do it. So Faith and Blue is Interdenominational Christian Ministries of Sierra Vista. It's a group of the different uh, reverends, bishops, and stuff from the local churches. Um, working with service to the police department and local law enforcement just to rebuild bridges. You know, there's a lot that's happened over the last few years yeah. with community and citizens and in, in the police departments. Luckily, we haven't seen it very much here as other states have, but um, it's to just build those bridges back up and to connect the community with the police department. Um, so we are hosting that. Their service police department, the sheriff's office are going to be there at the grand opening. And there's different presentations that we're doing. There's, you know, it's just kind of to let them know we all work together. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is something that you don't fight alone. We're all in this together. Yeah. So, um, the other thing is, is that with the different churches and everything, uh, the bishops and the the reverends were saying, you know, what do we need to look for? When, when we're preaching our sermon on Sundays, you know, what do we need to watch for? Mm-hmm. Or if somebody comes up to us and says, you know, I need to talk to you, I'm in this situation. Um, so we're doing some work with them, you know, presentations and stuff to educate them on what to watch for. Yeah. Yeah. So 
like two years ago, my wife and I did one. I did an episode during Domestic Violence uh, Awareness Month, and we're just talking about how kind of how the how the church um, drops the ball mm-hmm. on it. And, and there was you know different different things from a survey that we were taking and stuff. But um, I think it's you know I think it's hard because I think there's more people than you would imagine within the local congregation, and everything looks good, mm-hmm. and and it's not. Are there any are there any things that that you can spot to kind of be aware? Absolutely. Um, we were talking to them about, you know, if you're, if you're speaking to your congregation, excuse me, congregation about, you know, something involving domestic violence or whatever, if you see somebody that's silently, quietly starts crying, there's a very good chance they've got something going on in their life that's mm-hmm. touching them. Mm-hmm. Um, if you notice that somebody is starting to kind of pull away that used to be very active and involved, um, and they're not showing up like they used to, um, or when they're there, they're very quiet, don't really say anything. Those are people you kind of want to pry and see what's going on a little bit. Um, if you know that there's a very controlling spouse, very, I mean, very controlling spouse, those are all things you kind of want to, you want to question. You're not just looking for bruises anymore. Mm-hmm. There, um, unfortunately, domestic violence is the willful intimidation. It's physical assault, battery, sexual assault, and or abusive behavior mm-hmm. um, by one or you know by one partner to control another par- partner. That can be making threats. That can be withholding love from a child. You know, to, in order to get them to do something, anything that is manipulative like that, but that inflicts mental or emotional distress and harm, those are all leading into domestic violence. And unfortunately, um, having been there, you think you can change that. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of times we're like, oh, we can make it, we can change him. Or, you know, I can change her. And you can't, you know, you can't. There's very few cases where, yes, somebody will see the light and, you know, they'll stop that behavior. But 99% of the time, it's going to progress. It's going to get worse. And a lot of the times then it does turn into the physical. Sure. So, and it's not just women. <laughs> there are men, and I know it's hard for guys to admit it, but there are men out there that are in these same situations that are, I've got a friend of mine that is, that or was, I should say, you know, um, women can be, just as manipulative as men and they can have that control because there's many men out there that you hit me, I'm not going to hit you back. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not going to do it. And then that just, that woman will just, you know, keep up that abusive behavior. Is there, um, so there's support for the victim. Is there anything that, that is offered for the person that is stuck, like the one that would be the aggressor or? Um, if, well, see, we, we will help families. We do help mm-hmm. the families and everything to um, the therapy there for the abuser themselves. If they've got a, we vet everybody that comes in, we have to keep our clients safe. Mm-hmm. So if they've got domestic violence convictions or sexual assault convictions, anything violent crime related, um, that is unfortunately we cannot reach out and help them. I mean, we can't bring them on as clients sure. because we have to keep our clients safe. Mm-hmm. Um, there are groups out there that can help, you know, the abusers and stuff. Um, but 
we we are working with the victims mm-hmm. and their families as long as they're not one of the abusers. Sure. What else? Um, what's your role with Lori's Place? You talked about how your mom started it, and what's, uh, what's your role? So I was a nurse for 15 years, and I took a career change. Um, I did kind of went down with that relationship that I was in and, and lost a few things in my life, and so I'm coming back from that now, um, and decided to go into marketing which is the complete opposite of what I ever did before. So I actually am the marketing director at Lori's Place, um, but I have like four other hats. I do their events. Um, I do help with a lot of their fundraising. I do their, obviously, their outreach um, like this, um, radio shows and uh, live streams as well. And then I'm getting ready to take on a new hat, which is going to go speak to different corporations about corporate sponsorship. So I kind of do a little bit of everything. Um, they, oh, and I help keep the grounds looking nice and the facility organized. <laughs> and so whatever they need me for. Sure. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. Yeah. Well, I appreciate your time. Is there anything else that I missed? Um, I don't really think so. I think if anybody wants to come out on Friday um, for the grand reopening and to kick off Faith and Blue Weekend, we're going to have a ribbon, ribbon cutting by Sierra Vista Area Chamber of Commerce at 1 p.m. Mm-hmm. We will have food from La Casita, and we're going to have raffle prizes, um, presentations. It's from 1 to 5. Mm-hmm. The address is 214 East Tacoma. Um, if anybody has any questions or, you know, like I said, if you suspect somebody is being abused or um, your neighbor, if you're hearing arguments, next door that are nightly, you know, and it just doesn't sound good, but you don't want to really get involved in it, you can call us Mm -hmm. and we can follow up. The other thing is, is if you don't want the police involved, as long as you're over the age of 18 and not a vulnerable adult, um, if you've, you've been abused, you're in that situation, you've been raped, whatever, and you want the help, but you don't want to involve the police department, You don't have to. You can call us. We don't have to involve the police department in that case. Of course, anything with minors, we do. Anything with vulnerable adults, we have to. Mm -hmm. But just, you know, any questions, if people people just want to know more, know more how to help us, give us a call. You had also mentioned something, too. It doesn't even necessarily have to be that um, something happened, you know, today or yesterday or this last week. Right. 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 If, if you went through a situation five years ago and you're finding that you're struggling with that still, if it's coming back and, and starting to haunt you and you feel like you need some help, give us a call. Mm-hmm. We, we will be there for you. Um, I mean, we've, we've helped, oops, I just dropped something. Um, we've helped people that weren't even victims of violent crimes. We, you know, normally we see the violent crimes. But we've had people that have just been through a lot. Mm-hmm. They've had a lot of loss and don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And they can call us. We've got the resources. We'll help them out. Okay. So it's so it's not just, you know, it's somebody, I'm just trying to think like somebody listening to this, they're thinking, you know, okay, then I need a, you know, I've been in this abusive situation, so that's what that's for. But you're also saying that anybody that's. If somebody is struggling. Struggling, traumatic, mm-hmm. any kind of. Anything. Offer. Yep. Um, loss. Loss is a big one. 
You know, if you've, if you've just suffered the loss of a loved one, you know, you've gone through a traumatic event, just anything like that, and you're struggling and you don't know where to turn and what to do to get help, call us. We will get you the resources and we'll help you. We will definitely. And that's the other thing I wanted to mention that our victim advocates do. Um, stalking, restraining orders, those situations. If you've got somebody that you need to file a restraining order against, trust me, I've tried doing it online. It is not easy it's because not. half the time you get kicked off. Um, give us a call. Our victim advocate will sit down. They will fill out all that paperwork. They will go to court with you. Wow. And they will file that, that paperwork with you. So there's different legal forms, um, orders of protection being a huge one that we will help with. Yeah, that's pretty big because I, you know, you hear a lot of people that are trying to put that in. It's just the run around trying to get it. <sighs> I was trying to help a friend and it was a nightmare. I'm like, I got kicked off four times and it took me like 30 minutes each time. And I was just irritated. Sure. And the girls were like, why don't you just call us? We can help you. I'm like, gee, thanks guys. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's good. Well, you know, thank, uh, um, you know, very thankful for, for you guys having that and your parents putting that together and, yeah. and everything else. Um, if there's nothing else, I think that's it. That's it. I want to thank you for having us here though. I do appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. Well, once I heard that you guys were going to do it, I knew I wanted to just, uh, help you guys in whatever way possible. Cause I know, uh, talking to your parents, they were saying, you know, unfortunately there's not a lot of, um, awareness of what you guys mm -hmm. provide and offer. Right. And um, when I found out that you guys were going to do a grand reopening, I was like, man, that'd be perfect opportunity. Yes, absolutely. And I'm getting it. It's slowly getting out there, but it's, it's a lot of work. And this is one of three jobs for me. So <laughs> I'm doing what I can. <laughs> so I, I didn't uh, prep you for this, but, uh -oh. but norm normally we have our guests pray us out. Oh boy. You, okay. you feel, it, I you, can do that. You can do that. All right. So uh, with that being said, go ahead and uh, pray us out. All right. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day today. And I thank um, Bobby with Ignited Fortitude and all of his followers for having us on here today. And God, we just ask that, you know, you watch over us and help guide us in that right direction so that we can continue to help others um, and, and just help in that fight against the domestic violence and abuse. Um, Lord, we just ask that, you know, you, you, anybody that's going through this situation that you send them our way, just give them that little bit of strength and that little bit of courage they need to call us. And I, I promise we will be there to help them out. So God, I thank you again and, and just continue to fill our hearts with your love and, and guide us in the right direction. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen.